cases, one of my kids I'm a spiritual director too for many years. And so he finally gave up drinking, you know, ooh, he did me a favor. I said, you're only obeying God, do it. And so then he calls me the other day, and he says, Father, you know, I turned 21 on Friday. And I said, yeah, I know, good for you. And he says, well, don't you think that you should buy me my first official drink? And I says, what? And he says, well, it's legal. And I said, okay, when do you want me to take you out? And he says, how about Thursday at midnight? I said, I have class on Friday. I wake up at 5.30 in the morning. Well, don't you want to do this? Okay. So Thursday, last week, I took this kid out to buy him his first official beer. So it was kind of like, huh, isn't that nice? Well, this is what Jesus did today, if you will. Here's people. He had two beers that night, and I drove him. That was enough. And uh, I said, go home. It's time. Now you know how to drink. Never allowed more than two beers for the rest of your life. You got it? Two beers. That's the end of it. So uh, then I took him home. Well, the gospel today is about Jesus, and he was at a party. Now, weddings went for three days. Three days long was a wedding celebration in his time. And so they put all the good wine out first. Why? Because the people still know it was happening pretty well, huh? But after the day's gone on, you start putting the inferior out because these people have been drinking for a while. They don't care. You know, so now, here's Jesus at a party. He was right with everybody else. You know, sometimes we make Jesus this... Uh, freak that wasn't like anybody else, you know. Jesus was at a party, he was at a wedding reception. Three days. They ran out of wine. Now good holy religious people would say, good, get rid of the wine anyway, they've been drinking enough. But he sits there and so, who's the first one to notice? His mama. Jesus, they have no more wine. And so he gets kind of indignant with her. Woman, what concern of this of yours has anything to do with me? My hour has not come. And then as a great Jewish mother, he looks, she looks at him and says, do whatever he tells you. Now again, these are the last recorded words of Mary in the Bible. Do whatever he tells you. And that's on purpose by God. First of all, Mary is there to constantly tell us, do whatever Jesus tells you. Huh? And when we do that, great things happen in our lives. Because he takes the five things fill up he could have just said okay let's just fill up one of them that'll be enough no he says stay all there empty fill them all up so think about that about 30 gallons each how many of them are there five of them or whatever all this wine and he changes the water and he makes it in the wine for people to enjoy life you know god isn't out to get us he's out to be part of every part of our lives and if you look at this first reading today from Isaiah. The second reading we're going to have problems with in a few minutes because I hate the translation again. But if we go to the uh, book of Isaiah, which is on uh, ch chapter 62 of Isaiah, verse 1 and following, and that's on the Pew Bibles. If you have a Pew Bible, it's on page 798. Here, in Isaiah 62, he cries out, For Zion's sake I will not be silent. For Jerusalem's sake I will not be quiet until her vindication shines. But then it says, if you go down to verse 3, You shall be a glorious crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem held by your God. No more shall men call you forsaken or you desolate. But verse 4 says, But you shall be called my delight and your land a spouse. For the Lord delights in you. The Lord delights in you. You see, 
somewhere we got to sit there and think about that reality, that the Lord delights in us, that he wants us to be happy. You know, now happiness, sometimes he's going to take, not sometimes, he's going to take us to the cross, there's no way around it. But we got to sit there and know that God's will for us is that he could rejoice over us, that he rejoices in you, he rejoices in me, he wants me to be happy, he wants you to be happy, he wants me and you to be happy forever. God is not a killjoy. You know, God was not the one at the party that says, okay, enough of this drinking. He isn't a killjoy. He wants to give us life. He wants to give us joy. He does the little things. Isn't it interesting that the very first miracle he ever did publicly was change water into wine? It wasn't grape juice, let me tell you. It was wine. And it was a fine wine. You know, because sometimes people get in their minds it's that old... Uh, Plagianism creeps in that no God doesn't want us to have fun. The body's no good. You know it's no. You know if you ever read any, I've been reading the sermons of. Uh, oh my, uh, you think I'm bad? You should see a poor uh, Saint uh, Curdiars, John Vianney. Oh my gosh, I just thought he was strong. He got those poor people, and he says we're not going to talk about those people who commit mortal sins. They're already going to hell, so there's no use to me talking about them. And then there's the other ones of you here who are lukewarm. Well, you're not going to make it either unless you change your life. And then he says the ones that I really have big problems with are those who believe in dancing. How dare you? So he goes on and then he proceeds. I'm like, as I'm reading this, I'm going, ooh, 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 ooh. You know, I don't think he ever read, of course, John chapter 2 you know, about the wedding feast of Cana. And if he did, he really spiritualized it and says, well, the wine was the, the love of God coming into this. He made wine for a bunch of drinking people is what he did. That's what happened, okay? So, again, the reason I say this is because God wants to be part of every part of our life, not just our part when we're at church. You know, here I am at church. Okay, this is my part with God in my life, and he makes me holy here and I... He wants to be part when you're out with your friends. Last night I was out at, uh, uh, saw some of our kids, these pagan kids. I was down at the, uh, you're going to think I'm a drunk or something here, but I was down at the, uh, where was I last night? <laughs> and I come walking in, my cleric's not, of course, because I'm, I'm, I'm a priest. You know, and I come walking in, there's all these people there, they were having a party for this kid that turned 21, his parents and I had a big party for him. And so I'm, I'm walking in there, and this other kid who took him out, they got, went and took him out and they had too much. So the kid was from Notre Dame, so I went up and I pounded him. And I said, did you get him drunk last night? And everybody's just looking at this priest walking in this bar beating this kid. You know, he's 21 now, and I said, you're not to do that. It's a moral sin. Stop it. You have to learn to do it right. And he goes, I'm sorry, Father. No, you're not sorry. And then Lisa Zompa was there, you know, from the TV thing. <laughs> And she turned around, and when uh, uh, they introduced me to her, says, uh, Oh, hi, Father. I says, she says, You know, I saw this. The only thing I could see was her prep jacket, and I see this guy with a prep jacket come in and start beating up this guy. And then when you turned around, I saw the cleric. I understood. <laughs> I said, Well, very happy, okay? But God wants us to be in our little things. He wants to be with us. Huh? He wants us to be there. He meets us where we're at. And when the Lord delights in us, we can't sin. 
I mean, I'm not talking about he delights in our sin in any way. Please don't misunderstand me. You can go out and not sin. When you sin, he doesn't delight over us. He weeps over us. But the Lord wants us to be happy people. He wants us to be joy-filled people. He wants us, as Augustine said, to be an hallelujah from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet, from the bottom of our feet to the top of our heads. We should be people who rejoice in all things that we do. Okay? And in the midst of this, he gives us his gifts to help us enjoy life, to help us bring good to the world. And that's where it comes to the second reading today. The second reading today we see is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now again, uh, this translation, who oh, these people, I'd love to talk to some of them. But if you go to verse uh, 4 and 5, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And we're a charismatic community, so I've got to really begin with and talk about this a bit. Huh? There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 5, and this is on page 1243, those of you who have problems with this. There are different kind of forms of service, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God who produces all of them for everyone. Verse 7 is very different than if you grew up with it in the translation. To each individual, the manifestation is given for some benefit. Now, in the translations, it isn't that at all. In the older translation, it is, each is given for the common good. Yeah, okay, a benefit is, yeah, okay, that's one of the common good. No, but it's the common good. It, trains, it changes the whole meaning of this. That the reason God gives us anything, any of the gifts he gives us, isn't for us. It's for the common good of the body. Huh? That when God comes and he makes a bunch of water and wine, it wasn't just for him. It was for everybody. And all the gifts that God gives us is not for us to become more selfish or pride or, or proud about them or more vain about them, but everything that's been given to me is for everybody. And that means all the gifts that God gives us is for the common good. So we can't hide them, we can't put them under a bushel basket. You know, I have kids like go play, uh, a great guitarist, and I say, how about playing for Mass? Oh, no, Father. Well, why not? I don't want to do that at church. Well, God gave you a gift. Do it for the upbuilding of the body. Not just upbuilding of the devil. And the one, bing, 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 get a life. Build the upbuilding of God. Build up his body. Help us worship. Oh, I couldn't. How many of us have many, many, many gifts? Every one of us have many gifts. We need to use them for the upbuilding of the body, for the common good. God wants us to rejoice in what he's given us but to build up everybody. So some people say, well, Father, I'm just too shy, I can't. Well, then God wouldn't have given you the gift. If he gave you a gift, he gave it not for you. He gave it for the body. So you need to use that. And then it talks about the different kind of gifts that are there. And I'm not going to go into a whole heck of a lot about that. Encourage, if you have never yet made a Life in the Spirit seminar, you really try to get to a Life in the Spirit seminar, which will talk about using all these gifts and talks about the use of prophecy, miracles, speaking in tongues, all these things. We have prophecy every year uh, after communion. When Father lets it happen, you know, he says, okay, two's enough, whatever it is. Well, prophecy is when God speaks to us. And again, prophecy isn't for the person that's giving it. It's for the common good. Tongues isn't for people just to sit there and tongues is a prayer. You know, there's three types of tongues, tongues of praise, tongues of evangelization, like it was given at the apostles, and tongues of a prophecy. 
you know, but each tongue is not given for the self, but it's given for the common good. And each of us, whether we have spiritual gifts, whether we have uh, 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 the gifts of the world, or whether we have physical gifts, they're all given for the good of everybody. And when you and I start rejoicing in the Lord because he rejoices in us, then we can be generous in using these gifts for the body. So what I want to encourage you this day is a couple things, three things. The first is to spend some time in the reality of God rejoicing in you. You know, in your prayer later on today, when you get some time aside, read this verse from Isaiah, and the Lord delights in you, and let him delight in you for a while. You'll start getting excited when you sit there, because most of us think when we think of God, he's not, he's not very happy with us. He's ready to get us. He delights in you. That doesn't mean he won't punish you sometimes. He'll even delight in punishing you. Huh? But he loves you. So rejoice in that. The Lord delights in us. Okay, first thing. The second thing is to invite him to every part of your life. That he wants to be there at the weddings. He wants to be there in little things. He is concerned about little things like as if, they don't have any more wine. He's concerned with every, even the small things in your life, Jesus is concerned about. And so invite him to all those parts. And then thirdly, really look at the gifts that he has given you and ask him, how can you use these gifts for the common good? Because that's why they were given to you. How do you use the gifts that God has given you for yourself or for the upbuilding of the body of the church? Everything that has been given to you has been given to you for others. To rejoice, to bring joy to the church, to upbuild the church, to upbuild your life. Do you get it? You got it? Good. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.